Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. The greatest blessing any of us can be given is to be on the receiving end of the love of another person, whether that be a family member, a friend, or a colleague. However, when you have a strong relationship with others, there are some weird things that can happen. And one of those things is to be on the receiving end of an emotional dump. Relatives, friends, or colleagues, sometimes it can be difficult to support other people when they need us. And I had a really weird epiphany that sparked this podcast. Now, as leaders, we all are in the position to support others. And a leader is anyone who has influence over another person. And as a result, we need to be hyper-cognizant of our ability to bring process to our problems and demonstrate to others how to deal with those problems appropriately when they are facing them. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you're likely always leaning in the direction of optimism. And as a result of that, I'm certain a lot of people come to you and need you. Now, being needed is a blessing and a boulder. Meaning, sometimes some of our blessings can have a lot of weight, and when others bring their concerns, problems, conflicts, and conundrums to us, it can be really difficult on both people. Now, throw in the simple fact that as a result of being an influential and trusted person, you're probably supporting multiple people through their dilemmas, and you likely have your own problems to balance and deal with as well. It can be super hard to be a trusted loved one and leader, and sometimes we just simply need a framework to help us through it all. Now, I'm not sure what season of life you're in, but at this particular moment, I am the father of a 20-year-old college student and a 17-year-old senior in high school. I am far from alone on this journey. I have a healthy marriage with my wife, Megan, and my children enjoy having their four grandparents around them as well. So I'm in the season of parenting adults. Which, if anyone had told me how challenging this season of parenting was years ago when we were potty training or dropping them off at school for the first time, I would have called them a liar. But now, now I feel like parenting is like working at the drive-thru at McDonald's again when I was in high school. My kids come flying up to the window, share a little bit of information, and then race off with me looking at them speeding away. I never know if they have enough or if they're okay. They just zip right in and out with their emotional dumping or stories or problems and issues. And and then this magical thing happens to me. My mind begins to create narratives. And then my wife's brain creates another set of narratives. And then the two of us talk to each other. And we talk each other into imaginary fits of worry. And this all happened again recently when our son Charlie called home and talked to Megan. He was complaining about the difficulties he was facing in several different arenas of his life, and he seemed genuinely distraught. He's 90 minutes away from us, and he's a busy guy. Student athlete, a student, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. So after he emotionally shares everything, he gets to a point on the phone and says, Okay, I gotta go. Thanks, Mom. I love you. And then he tells her that there's nothing she can really do. And he hangs up. Megan then sits there, staring into the abyss. Now, what Megan doesn't know is that I had also spoken to him earlier in that same day because we all go to our parents for different things, and he had shared a bunch of other stuff with me. Now, his mom and dad, unbeknownst to him apparently, sit down together, and we start to share all the things that are going on, and we sit there, and we create these weird stories. 
Now, I want to disclose to you first off, we have really good problems, but they are problems and they are his problems nonetheless. And they're the first time he's ever had to deal with something like these problems on his own. And I felt the same way when I was on the phone with him that I had when he was a little 4 or a little four-year-old Charlie, when he came home from school and he told me two boys were picking on him and he didn't know what to do. And I remember looking into his eyes as he felt so helpless. And, and then that night, laying in bed with him as I coached him to tell the other boys, Charlie, when those boys say those things to you, you just stand there and you say, this is how your words make me feel. And if they don't stop, then you need to be an advocate for yourself. You need to stand up like a superhero and go tell an adult to make sure that someone can help you through whatever is bothering you. I remember after feeding him breakfast and his mom kissing him goodbye and me dropping him off at school, I remember all day being anxious and just wishing I could go to that school and throw those kids off a bridge. Okay, okay. I wasn't really going to do that, but I waited. And I had a sick feeling in my stomach all day until he walked in the door from school and said, Hey, Dad. And I was like, Hey, Duke. How'd your day go? He smiled at me and he said, Well, it worked. Nobody bothered me after I told him how it made me feel. And then they all became fast friends. I was so proud of him for standing up for himself. But do you know what adult kids don't always do? They don't always call you back and tell you how it went. They don't live with you anymore. They're not around you. And unlike when they lived with you or saw you as an intricate part of their development, now now they dump their emotions and they step away. And they don't always close the narrative. Now, in the meantime, there you are as a parent, lying in bed, developing narratives in your head that are so moronic that you yourself eventually just start to laugh. Well, at least that's what I do. But the emotional dump leaves you with the weight of their situation and you can't do anything about it. Then, the other day, I got worse. Now, if you think Megan and I sound like a couple of psychos, well, the story gets better. We went out to dinner with our closest friends, Jim and Amy, and we were catching up on our kids and their two daughters and our son and daughter and talking about all things parenting. And we decided we're going to share how we felt and what was happening. And we were discussing how all four of us were experiencing the same types of things with our kids. And that's when Amy, our friend Amy said, you know what? I have a friend who dropped their kid off at college and they had a parent session and the parents were told by a psychologist that they needed to be prepared for their children to call them and do what are called emotional dumps. What? This, Amy described, is when the kids call home and share with you all of the things they're struggling with, are frustrated about, or they can't figure out on their own. And they literally call or FaceTime and just dump everything that's bothering them onto us and then they hang up. But what's weird is this leaves us as parents feeling poorly and the kid or the young adult. Well, weirdly, they feel better because they just needed to get it off their chest and talk about it. I looked at her and said, that is the exact framework I've been looking for. I I, I couldn't believe what was happening because what she just described is exactly what has been happening to us since our son went off to college. I was thinking my kid was being a cow and being pessimistic and negative, but it turns out he... He just needed to get it all out to someone he trusted, hear if he was rational or irrational, and then find his own way. However, in the absence of closing out the chapter of that moment with our son, we keep the narrative going, his mom and I, as we sit there and we create really weird, anxious, ridden stories. When the person on the other end of the phone, our child or your colleague, All they likely needed to do was just get it off their chest so that they could move on. And they probably felt better knowing that you were there for them. Or in this case, we were there for him. 
After I had another beer to celebrate having a framework and enjoying my fish fry with Jim and Amy, we went home. And Megan went downstairs and turned on a Hallmark movie. And I got on my computer and I started researching emotional dumping. And I learned a lot. Then I learned what to do and how to close out the narratives. And that's what this episode's all about. As leaders, we need to be on the lookout for these types of opportunities because in my research, I found the difference between what buffaloes do when they are emotionally strained and what cows do, and it's very real. As a reminder, a buffalo runs into the storms they are facing, and a cow, well, a cow turns their back and tries to walk away from their problems. Now, here's what I learned, and I think this will help you as a leader of loved ones, friends, relatives, and colleagues. You see, there is emotional dumping, and that's what cows do. And there's venting. And venting is what buffaloes do. Now, venting is healthy. It's productive. And it is intentional in an effort for the venter to determine if they are being reasonable or unreasonable in their own narratives with their own problems. And according to Dr. Robert Kiltz, a person who is venting does the following things. They are self-reflective rather than reactive. They are clear and focused on one issue rather than a whole bunch of issues. They focus on solutions, and they express within a very short period of time frame what it is they are facing. They are succinct. They are open to feedback and your perspective, and they are accepting of personal responsibility and integrity. And finally, they are aware of the emotional states of both themselves and you. Venting is healthy and normal. Now, in this framework, it also allows for the person who is venting to understand that they are looking for coaching, insight, and ideas. I also love the context that they understand that the other person is emotionally engaged with them, has ownership in their strategies and solutions, and that they are also cognizant of the receiver's emotions. It is not transactional. No, it is not me telling you something to get something. Instead, it is genuine and an opportunity for any of us to lead. My son wasn't emotionally dumping. He was trying to figure out what to do and sharing with us all the things he was wondering about. We are hearing it as a worry, not a wonder, and we were trying to solve his problems, hanging up and then creating new ones for ourselves. We were actually the problem, not him. He's trying to work everything out, and we are part of that process for him. Now, in a bit, I'll share what we need to do collectively in order to support people who are venting. But before we do that, (laughs) let's look at what it means to emotionally dump because it's a real thing. And again, Dr. Robert Kiltz, he says that emotionally dumping is people who are defensive. They are avoiding taking personal responsibility. They're inconsiderate of your time, your energy, or your capacity. They ruminate on specific triggering events rather than expressing underlying feelings. They play the victim. They fill with blame and they cast blame. They're not open to finding a solution. They just want to sit and complain. They're resistant to your feedback or anyone else's perspective. And they cyclically return to the same problem over and over and over again. Holy cow. I mean, like, really, a cow. This completely frames for me what happens to me and you over and over again. And now we can all navigate it a little better as we move forward as leaders. People venting are actually fishing for your insight, ideas, and solutions because they want to charge into the storms they are facing. 
people emotionally dumping while they're trying to get you to join the club of misery and seeking validation from you of being wronged by someone. The herds of cows who love to blame, be victims, and refuse to improve. Well, that was it. That's what it means to dump. Our friend Amy was right. We just had our words mixed up. Parenting adults is nuts because you do this weird and delicate dance. Supporting others can be crazy as well when you walk away with the emotional weight of them dumping on you, feeling like you need to fix it, feeling like you need to address it, when in fact, you don't. You don't want to go over and step over bounds. You, do, you want to support independence and learning from failure and success. But at the same time, you also want to fix it for them, which only enables them. Wait a minute. That sounds like classrooms and workplaces also. Well, what do we do? Well, there are a few steps I want to share with you to help you navigate. Now, the first step is to teach this language, to talk about the difference between venting and dumping. Cultures and families need codes, and the only way to help you positively influence more people is if you start speaking the same language. Imagine if you had someone come up to you and just start sounding off, and you paused for a moment and said, Hey, are you venting and looking for my guidance, or are you dumping and looking for me to join in to your misery? I just want to know because venting means I need to get on my mental workout clothes to be ready to support you, to have the strength to charge with you. And the other, well, that's sweatpants, a flannel, and a gallon of ice cream. And I'm not interested. Creating a language and teaching others the difference of between venting and dumping is really important. The second step is to be empathetic and ask yourself, what would it be like to be them right now? Or what would I need if I were in their situation? Empathy is a really strong characteristic of a great leader. Imagining yourself in their position and making certain to focus on them and what they need. Remember that empathy is when you seek to understand and you do not judge. Venting is a powerful opportunity to be empathetic and seek understanding. Dumping. Well, dumping will prove difficult to empathize with because there's so much blame. Third, listen. Actively listen. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people think, oh yeah, actively listening is listening to the person in front of you. No, no, no. Actively listening has very specific behaviors. And let me give you my three favorite. The first is checking for understanding. The second is summarizing. And the third is sharing. Checking for understanding is simple. Did you just indicate that blah, 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 blah? Okay, excellent. I just wanted to make sure. Checking for understanding is when you simply ask clarifying questions to cut through the emotional statements that often occur in venting and dumping. Summarizing. All right. I just heard that you said one, two, three, four, five, six, purple, yellow, blue. Is that accurate? What did I miss? It's simple and easy. Sharing is the third one. This is when you share out a similar experience and ask, is this what you're feeling or dealing with? Now, you got to be careful here because sometimes you can hijack the venting and the other person then leaves dumping on you to someone else because I went to talk to them and all they did was talk about themselves. It's just a rapid, I hear you saying you struggled with this. I had a similar experience like this. Is it the same? Because here's how I dealt with it. That's what sharing, summarizing, and checking for understanding means. The fourth one, lastly, is to set some boundaries. If you can tell this is dumping that's taking place in front of you and not venting, you got to call it out and ask, what are you looking to get from me? And are you looking to fix this or continue to cast blame? 
because if you want to continue to cast blame, I can only spend about 10 more minutes of time on this today. Now, I care deeply about you, and we should move on to other topics because I want to support you emotionally and personally and make sure you benefit from our conversation. But you've got to call it out because if you don't, they will continue to come to you and emotionally dump and leave you walking away with great weight. If you are being dumped on all the time, it's because you are either willing to dump alongside or with them, or you are easily dumped upon. Either way, from today forward, you can ask yourself, which of these two things is happening in front of me? Is this venting? Someone looking to get out their frustrations and looking to challenge them by charging at them? Or is this someone who wants to suck my soul away by dumping on me and making me feel emotionally weight from this exchange? <laughs> Just saying that out loud got me fired up. Anyways, create a language. Be empathetic. Actively listen and set boundaries. It works. And here's how you can help yourself when this occurs. And how to also, maybe, just maybe, move a cow that's used to dumping into a buffalo that just needs to vent and strategize forward. The process to finalize this whole thing is super simple. Create accountability for the time you've given and leave the interaction with closure. How? Well, commit to a follow-up when the exchange has ended. Say the following. Hey, now that we've processed this, and I'm really proud of you for bringing it to me, I want to follow up with you. Should I call you tomorrow? Should I call you in a week, in two days, in an hour? What works best for you? And then you schedule it. And why is this important? Well, first, you don't have to worry about it as much because you know there will be closure. And most importantly, the weight stays with the person who needs the extra strength. Because when you set a follow-up time, that means there is a commitment to seeing it through. There's a commitment to improving or challenging the problems faced. Dumpers will tell you, no, 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 no. You don't need to call me. I'm fine. This is never going to go away. And dumpers on the edge of becoming venters and buffaloes, well, they'll leave the door open and they'll ask you to follow up. In my own executive coaching, our group will share and vent and explain and we will strategize together to discuss what's going on. It's very difficult to walk away from thinking, don't worry about it, nobody's ever going to call me, because we assign someone to follow up with us to ensure that we act upon it, to create weight behind us so that we do charge into the storm, so that the time given is time received and invested in me so that I can be successful. And then, when I know they're going to call, I act. Now, now when Charlie calls back and FaceTimes us after learning about all of this, we do something very simple. We commit to checking in the next day or two. And not because we're filling the helicopter with gas in an effort to swoop in and save him. It's quite the opposite. We call to ensure that his venting is productive, to support his ability to be proactive and help him find his own life groove. Now, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't still worrying, but now I worry about his courage and his strength, not so much his problem. It's a much healthier concern, if there is such a thing. Reflect on this idea for a bit and do some smart thinking. In our pursuit of creating buffaloes in our lives, we need tools. And whenever we have a problem, we need a process. And the process is simple. When someone is coming to you, name what they are doing, be empathetic, actively listen, and create accountability. Because, because if you do that for others, well, then guess what others do for you? They do the exact same thing. They help you, they hold you, and they hold you accountable. What we model is what we get, and that's what buffaloes do. We charge into what's bothering us together.
So let's do some smart thinking. Describe the difference between venting and dumping. List people you serve that would benefit from learning the difference. And describe how you can support yourself by applying the processes discussed. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening. And please make sure to share and rate this episode. I do greatly appreciate when you take the time to shoot me notes and rate it. Also, thank you to the Well Pennies for their phenomenal music and everything that's coming out of their studio. And please make sure to follow them on your music platform. Now, as we finish up this week's Smart Thinking, I don't want to pretend that I know everything about parenting or leadership. Heck, half the time I find my smart thinking topics because like you, I'm trying to figure things out. I would say, however, that the key to parenting and leadership and life is just being curious and being willing to be vulnerable with your own understanding of what is going on, to try things, to see what and what does not work. I almost spit out a mouthful of very good Packerland Pilsner when Amy named what was happening to us. Parenting, leadership, life, it's not easy. It is, however, incredibly rewarding when you find yourself in a position to better understand what's going on. And that is why you should look to apply this. I mean, when my daughter Grace comes in and vents to us about social issues or academic dilemmas and her eyes well up, I am almost unreasonable in my desire to break down her barriers. But then my heart beats a few times and I find myself breathing and realizing this is her journey. Her strength and perseverance come from her overcoming her own challenges. And the best thing I can do is to ask what she needs in this moment. Do you want me to listen? Are you looking for advice? Do you want to process this with someone else other than me to ensure that you get multiple perspectives and more advice? Leadership is about recognizing one's influence, not one's expertise. When we serve and love others, it is through the opportunity to find from them and for them what they need and to be who we needed when we were in that position. I never needed someone to pile onto my problem, to tell me that they had it worse, or to suck it up. I needed somebody to be empathetic, to help me understand the difference between venting and dumping. We all need the same thing, an empathetic person in front of us who cares about us enough to listen, problem solve with us, and most importantly, hold us accountable. Okay. This week's song is by a band I have been obsessed with. I found them accidentally when I searched national parks on my iTunes apps instead of my trail app. Yeah, total old guy moment. But it was awesome. Because this band has so many good songs. But the following song, well, it is a touching tribute to one of the band members' grandparents. And it has me reflecting about love, relationships, and purpose every time I hear it. This is 1953 by the National Parks. And good luck not getting sentimental. I found you in the summer heat of 1953. Wise words from your father said, I know that boy's your brother's friend, but I don't think he keeps coming round for him. Again and again and again I had to swim away Semper Fi, but I'll be back someday I'll take you by the hand and say Be mine, be mine, be mine 
If someday You grow tired and your memory fades It's alright I will never leave your side And oh, when it's time You can come find me In 1953 Leave New York and see the countryside Little city and a bigger life Watch it grow into a thousand eyes it's ours, it's ours, it's ours Oh, it's ours, it's ours, it's ours And if someday You grow tired and your memory fades It's alright I will never leave your side And oh, when it's time you can come find me in 1953. And he was my brother's friend. Years later, my father said, you know, I think he's coming to see you. It's written in the gold ring. It's true. Passed down the line. I, Hanging in the branches You see it in their eyes Pressed in the concrete Where we used to reside It's larger than life And if someday You grow tired When my heart gives away, it's alright I will 